I'm Jackie Ventoris, founder of Messy Bun and All. Here at Messy Bun and All podcast, you will find tips on wellness, motherhood, sisterhood, and how our faith carries us through it all. You will find inspiration, encouragement, and resources to help you on your journey. Life is messy, but together we can do this. Messy bun and all. Welcome back to Messy Bun and All podcast. If you haven't heard our latest episode on things I would have told my younger self, please make sure you check it out. There are so many things, and that's probably like not everything I would have told myself, but so many things that I would have told my younger self. Check it out. Maybe there's some things that you can relate to or that remind you of how you want to shift your perspective and the way you're living your life today. Today, we are going to talk about three steps to fighting battles in your life. It's a little bit of a Bible study, if you would. I kind of wanted to shift gears a little bit and uh, share from the story that's found in Joshua 6. So thank you for joining me today. Like I always say, you know, pull up a chair, join us, grab a coffee, water, whatever it is you want to drink, relax, and let's dig into God's Word today. So I want to start in the book of Joshua, chapter 6, verses 1 through 27. It's an amazing story. I have always come back to this story as a worship leader because it is such a unique um, way in which a battle was fought. But recently, I've re-looked at this and I've thought, man, we could apply this in our lives every single day, especially when we're going through something. So let's read Joshua chapter 1. Um, chapter 6, verses 1 through 27. And it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them, sound a long blast on the trumpets. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the Ark. 
All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted thing so that you will not bring about your own destructed by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men, who had spied out the land. Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced his solemn oath. Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild the city Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up the gates. So the Lord was with Joshua 
and his fame spread through the land. Joshua chapter 6, such an amazing story of a battle. I feel like many of us, and I grew up hearing this phrase from my mentor, we're either going through a battle, coming out of a battle, or about to walk into a battle. I mean, there's probably not a much truer statement that I have heard. When we are going through something, I feel like we tend to ask God, where are you? Where are you? Where is your promise of being there? Right? When I, when I read this story, there was so much that I could pick out from it. And I think one of the most important things that I can see at the beginning of Joshua is the promise the promise. What was the purpose of claiming Joshua for the Israelites? Well, you see, it was a promise that God had given the tribe of Israelites 500 years prior. I mean, you talk about waiting on the Lord, like waiting on His promises. So many of you have probably been on the other end of the line, right, so to speak, with God, where you're just on your knees begging God, when God, when God, why God, why God, why me, why them? And I just want to say that God's timeline is so much different than ours, and the way that He fulfills His promise is way different than ours. I mean, God's ways are higher. God's ways are beyond anything that we can see. But it doesn't stop us from asking, right? It doesn't stop the pain. It doesn't stop processes of grief and anger and resentment. I mean, so much of that happening, right, when we're fighting our battles. So there's three things that I want to share with you that I took away from this story in Joshua, three steps that can hopefully help you fight battles in your life. Because I think the biggest misconception as Christians or for Christians is that if we trust in God, everything's going to go great, right? And the reality is, is life happens to all of us. I mean, we all face devastating news. We all news. I know English. (laughs) We all face devastating news. Um, We all face hard circumstances. We all face this cruel, mean world sometimes of people being rude and that can hurt us and sometimes harm us, right? Depending on where we are. And so it's a given. It's a given. But as Christians, the one other thing that is a given as well, that's the most powerful thing, is that God is always with us. God will always be with us in our battles, even though the storm rages on, even though the storm may feel so much more powerful and may overtake us and overwhelm us at times, um, God is so much bigger yet than that. And it's so important, maybe um, somebody needs to hear this today, it's so important that you choose your inner circle so carefully, that you surround yourself with people that are going to want to lift you up and bring you out of 
whatever situation you're facing. You need people who can be strong for you when you can't be strong. You need people who are going to want to claim in faith things that you have just given up hope on. And so make sure you also surround yourself with people. I don't know. That wasn't one of my points, but I just felt like I needed to share that today on this podcast. So three things, right? Number one, what I took from this story is that we need to meditate on God. Number one, meditate on God. How many times when we're faced with a situation do we tend to meditate on the storm and the impossible things that are right in front of us versus taking the time to be still and seek God and His face, right? Um, geez, I can list so many times in my life where I have struggled so much, right, with so many different things. And the last thing I do is to sit still and just seek God. It seems so simple. And maybe you're like, okay, Jackie, it's so yoga-ish, right? But it's not. The most powerful thing that we can do for ourselves is to be still and seek His face. You see, when I look at Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, or really verse 2, and it says, Then the Lord said to Joshua, that line, then the Lord said to Joshua, indicates to me that Joshua was talking to God. You see, he was meditating on God, meditating and just really trying to see God, you know, This great leader, Moses, before me actually led the people out of Israel. Now there's this pressure for me to lead them into, right, into this promised land. And it is just amazing how powerful it is when we meditate on God, how we pause and just take time to lean in on Him how powerful it is when God actually speaks back to us. So that takes me to point number two. Ask God, what is your plan? Whenever you're going through a battle, and we always say, there's a purpose that I'm going through this, or God knows why, we should follow up that statement with an action, and it should be us going to God. So not only do we meditate on Him, but we should also go to Him and say, God, what is the thing, the plan that you have for me? What do you want me to do? And it may be in the face of a terrifying diagnosis. It may be through a challenging divorce. It may be through something totally unexpected at this stage in your life. So I would encourage you, the second step in fighting your battles is to ask God, what is your plan? What is your game plan, God, for me in this battle? Where do you want me to stand? What action do you want me to take today? Now, that's a huge part, I think, in this point for me and and what I feel just being impressed to share with somebody today is 
stay in today. When you talk to God and you meditate on Him, it has to be daily. And when you ask God, what is your plan? Ask God, what is your plan for me today? And you're going to have to ask Him every day. And sometimes God's plan may be, I just want you to sit. I just want you to be still. Well, right now, I want you to grieve. I want you to be sad. Well, right now, I need you to stand up. I need you to have courage and take one step forward. You see, the plan changes. The plan changes, but the God that is behind the plan remains the same. So number two, ask God, what is your plan? Because that plan is the difference right? It is the difference to everything. I mean, how ridiculous in Joshua chapter chapter 6, right? <clears throat> how ridiculous did it seem for God to tell Joshua, march around the city. Don't shout. Don't say anything for six days. Like, how ridiculous does that seem? And, you know, how great of a leader, <laughs> He must have sounded to the people of Israel, right? Oh my gosh, like this guy has lost it. Where's Moses, <laughs> you know? But Joshua asked God and God replied to him, gave him the game plan, said, march around the city seven times, seven times. And on the seventh day, you will, you know, release this huge shout and here is the key, number three, steps to fighting our battle, right? The third step, obeying God. No matter how ridiculous it may seem, obey God. The story is so powerful for me because as ridiculous as it seemed to follow this ridiculous plan. <laughs> I mean, let's talk <clears throat> war theory, okay? Um, not that I'm an expert, but <laughs> when I was studying this chapter, it said that in order to take over a city, it would require months and months of getting rid of the people there. I mean, it's gruesome, but to claim a city means that you're pretty much destroying anything that existed previously so that you can take over it. And here we are, God is instructing Joshua to take the city over in a different way, something unlike he has ever seen or heard of before. How easy would it have been for Joshua to doubt God? Are you sure? this is how you want to do this? You know, like you're, it sounds silly. And we do this all the time, right? We question God, we question his sovereignty. And we say, are you sure, God, this doesn't sound right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't feel right, you know. But Joshua did this very important step. He obeyed God. He obeyed him no matter how ridiculous it seemed. He obeyed God. He instructed his team, here is the game plan. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to have victory. 
And it is because of that obedience that Joshua was able to witness this miraculous victory, this miraculous takeover, if you will. I mean, how many times, how many times, and I like really get chills thinking about it, but how many times have we prevented miracles from happening in our lives simply because God's plan sounded whack and we stood in the way. And so today, what I want to close this study on is this question to you. Are you ready to fight your battle in your life the way God wants you to? In the most unexpected way, are you willing to meditate on Him, to seek Him, right? That's what that word signifies. That's what it means to me, right? Are you willing to seek Him? And then when you seek Him, are you willing to ask Him, what is your plan for me? And then last thing, okay, you took that time to seek Him. You took that time to ask Him. Are you willing now to obey? Obey him no matter what, no matter how ridiculous it seems. God may say, you know what, I'm going to give you a child, but it's not going to be in the way you think. Or I'm going to give you a spouse or a partner, but you're going to have to go somewhere else in a very unexpected place, right? God may say, I have the dream job for you, but it's not where you think it is. Are we willing to follow the plan God lays out for us, no matter how ridiculous it seems? I just pray that these three steps may encourage you, may give you the tools you need to fight those battles in your life. And I want you to also know that you're not alone, that no matter what, no matter how many times we're even disobedient to God, He is relentless. He is, the song says, reckless in His love. He will always come back for you. It's never too late to seek Him, to find a different battle strategy for our lives. And so I just pray that this next battle you're facing, whether you're going through one now or in the next one, that's to come, that these steps may be helpful tools for you that you may find the victory you need in your life. Hey, thanks so much for giving us a listen here at Messy But and All Podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram and YouTube. And if you would like to find out more about any upcoming events or how to get involved with Messy Bun and All, you can go to our website at www.messybunandall.com. Thanks so much. I can't wait to see you again. Bye-bye.